Welcome to Rich Conversations. Today, we are joined from Cordoba, Argentina, by marine biologist Manuel Novicio. In this episode, we discuss the culture of Argentina and the journey that led him to living and researching in Antarctica for two to four months out of the year for the last four years. This is, this is pretty wild, uh, literally and figuratively. He's down there researching the reproductive patterns of Antarctic fish, notothenioids. Uh, I think that, that might be how you say it. Probably not. But so many questions, right? Like, what is it, what is it like being in such an isolated and harsh environment? Does it make you reflect more on society and what it means to be human? What is it like working in a, like a place where there's international cooperation and uh, you just kind of get by there? It's just this is a really fun episode. Uh, so excited to share it with you. I also like how Manuel shares uh, his interest in Herman Hesse writing and other influences that have uh, expanded his perspective on life. You can follow Manuel on Instagram at Novicio Manu. Now, bundle up. Let's begin. All right. Welcome to Rich Conversations. I'm so excited for this conversation because we have Manu- Manuel Novicio joining us from Argentina. I there's there's so much I'm excited for in this this episode, um, including we have someone here, Manuel, who's lived in Antarctica, and I'm so curious, especially about this experience. Um, welcome to the show. <laughs> Hello, Rich. Uh, thank you very much for your invitation. Um, I'm glad and I appreciate your interest in, your interest in, in my life and I'm happy to share it with, with all your, your audience. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Uh, why don't you briefly introduce yourself? Well, as you said, my name is Manuel Novicio. I am from Argentina. I was born in Córdoba. It's a, a city. It's a, the second biggest city uh, in Argentina. Um, well, I'm, I'm an only child. Uh, I have a stepbrother, uh, but he lives in, in Buenos Aires. Um, well, as part of my life, I, I studied biology. Um, and I had to, I applied for a PhD during my scientific career that made me move to Buenos Aires, where I lived like four or five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a, like a, a short briefing of my life, but yeah. it, it helps. Yeah, yeah, you've, uh, you've done some interesting things and I'm excited. So you've lived in Cordoba your whole life, right? Yeah, I was born here. I lived Cordoba when I started my PhD. So it was like when I was 25 years old. Okay, very cool. So what's the general vibe of the area? Like, what are people like? Yeah, well, Cordoba, uh, it's like, I mean, there there might be something of Mediterranean cities, you know? Uh, Cordoba is like, uh, it's in the middle of 
of hills and rivers. Okay. Uh, I mean, the big city is, of course, a crowded place. There's one million uh, dwellers here, so it's a big city uh, for us in Argentina. And the vibe is, as I told you, when when rivers and nature is too close to 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 a place, I mean, uh, it's like there are some shared uh, features in people living there. Yeah. Um, I've always been keen on going to the hills, hiking, um, uh, swimming in the rivers. We are a bit aware of of, of nature of uh, of the species we 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 have here in the hills. And well, of course, I'm a, I'm a biologist, and also I'm looking for this type. You, of... you find what you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, I found. I was born where I, I wanted, but that's quite uh, a bit uh, um, tricky in my life. No, I, I I was born in a Mediterranean city, but uh, my deepest interest can, uh, is focused in in the oceans. So I had yeah. no access to the ocean when I was yeah. a child. But I made my way to them. <laughs> you sure did. You sure did. Yeah. Uh, so that, what's Buenos Aires like? You've lived there for a little bit. Yeah, Buenos Aires. It's an amazing city. Uh, in terms of, I know there's a a, a wide variety of cultural. Um, of, of yeah, I mean you you know it's like all capital. It's a cosmopolitan yeah. city. There's people. From all over the world, uh, it's a really big city, and you have—I mean—you can get to eat whatever type of food you you, you can imagine there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's uh, lots of um, history inside the city as well. You 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 have to imagine that it was like the beginning of our country, or associated to the. Uh, we call it Rio de la Plata. It's the uh, La Plata River, where where the biggest port of of all the biggest harbors of Argentina are located. It was where where all the the trading started. It was the last one of the last routes from the the, the ancient uh, from from Peru when 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 colonizations came and so there's there's a mixture of of, of history uh, with with nowadays and contemporary yeah. life and of course there's a lot of, of offers of nightclubs as uh, as part of the the city life it's yeah. a city that lives a lot during the night and a lot during the day imagine that they are like uh, almost 13 million people living and working inside Buenos Aires uh, from all around. Um, And also these kind of cities have this, this, I mean, the the bad side of living so crowded, uh, which is long distances, traffic jams, uh, people traveling like three hours to their work. Wow. Yes, and there's there's why where I think that that's that's why I, I I may kind of try to live from Buenos Aires to a a, a smaller city where I have nature closest. Yeah, what was your experience like living in Buenos Aires? Like, what did you do? What did you like doing there? Well, I uh, given the fact that this 
there are lots of traffic jams and all these kind of complications and movings in when, when, when you want to move in, inside the city. I, I moved to uh, an apartment that was really nearby my 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 place of, of work, which was the Argentinian National Nature Museum. Uh, which, which you is, worked uh, at the, the Nature Museum? Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. Is that like the, the Natural there, History Museum there? Yeah, it's it's something like like, like that. That's nice. that's. I'm wearing the, a, the American Museum of Natural <laughs> History right now. Oh, <laughs> I have it. I have it on my checklist. I, I want to visit that. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I, yeah, great spot. Yeah. I've never been there, but so I I live uh, really close, and uh, this museum, uh, at this museum, uh, there was it. It is the. The, the ichthyology laboratory. Ichthyology is like the study of fishes. Uh, so the ichthyology laboratory of the Argentinian Antarctic, Antarctic Institute was there. Okay. Uh, so during my days, I went there. I, I, I was there studying, uh, performing my, my experiments and well, working and researching uh, on my topics. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I mean, I had something with Buenos Aires that was like, as part of my uh, PhD, I had to travel to Antarctica, you know? Mm -hmm. So during these five years, I was like three, four months uh, abroad in, uh, in, in, in Antarctica. Uh, so in a way it was like, um, it was like a, a big different situation coming from there to a big city and, getting into it again and well but in order to answer your your, your question what i did uh, i played sports i uh, i did a lot of of courses because i mean uh, as part of the phd you need to get a uh, postdoctorate courses and um, it was like a, a big uh, too much time studying and working on that but also I, I had my, my free time, my day off. I, I, I tried a, a lot of music uh, because, um, you know, when, when, when a city is big, there are lots of bands go to play there, yeah. Uh, yeah. international bands mainly. So that was a, a, an interesting aspect of living in Buenos Aires. Uh, besides, I, 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 I couldn't reach uh, any river close. We have this uh, the Atlantic Ocean, which is uh, there. Where there are some spots and cities where to go to surf or, or during summer, but okay. they are like mm -hmm. far away. They have like five hours uh, a ride. Oh, really? Oh. Hours. Yeah. Are there beaches um, in Buenos Aires? Like, if you're like visiting a city, could you like as a tourist like go to a beach nearby or? As I told you, they're not nearby. There are some places, okay. like one is called Mar del Plata. Mar del Plata is like, uh, yeah, it's like three, four hours, uh, a three, four hours ride from Buenos Aires. Okay. Uh, it's also uh, like a, it's a city and there's uh, there are lots of beaches where to, to go and practice some sports like surf or like kite surf and all, all that type of of uh, water sports yeah i don't know if you say like that um but inside buenos aires um 
if you go there for a while, I I would recommend people to to get into the city center, okay. uh, where 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 are lots of uh, historic buildings. And I mean, I don't know if you have been into to South America, uh, where there are lots our our central squares are are, are usually similar all around the cities in South America because we okay. were colonized by so you have this the central square the cathedral uh all, all these buildings yeah the like, parks and the trees and the fountains yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's like it's always it's very similar all around South America in, in the in the Spanish colonization uh, processes yeah that's interesting. Mm. Uh, what are the people like in Buenos Aires? Are they they similar to uh, Cordoba and Argentina as a whole? Ah, well, that's yeah. I mean, every every province here. So we we are divided in provinces, uh, okay. which are more or less states, but yeah. uh, we share we share all the laws in 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 uh, each each province has some different laws, but the national okay. law is the one that rules everywhere. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, well, yeah. People in Buenos Aires, uh, they are called. Uh, we call them oh, like porteños. Is porteño is um, is the translation from people from the harbor, from 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 the ports, you know. Okay. Uh, and they are. Uh, I mean, they have different accents. In, in how how we speak, uh, and also the co people from Cordoba have a, a very special one, which is like everyone notice when you are around Argentina that you are from Cordoba. Uh, it's it's really really different the way how we speak Spanish uh, between provinces. That's 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 kind of interesting in here in Argentina, and also every I mean every province has its special meals for example okay. um of course every place in argentina share this this uh good meat and uh, on the barbecue which is really famous all around the world the barbecue argentinian meat and uh, argentinian cows so but besides that uh, every province has a special meal or, or, or of course special types of, of music uh, of, of Argentinian folklore and uh, which makes makes it a, a really interesting country to visit uh, you have diversity of people around you have it's our country is really big in terms of the latitude it it, it, it crosses so you have uh, hot weathers really cold weathers in the south mm -hmm. in the Patagonia you have the Andes Hills. You have also our our coast, uh, which are really cold. Of course, uh, they're not the Caribbean coast, but uh, it's nice to visit them. Huh. Very cool. What are the people like? Well, people what characteristics. Ah, uh, uh, when I, I I thought about that, I, I believe we are um, we're a mixture of of different cultures we have italians or maybe descendants from italy we have descendants from east europe eastern europe 
we have uh, Portuguese descendants. We have a lot of of of, of Jewish traditions. Uh, it's like Argentina received a lot of immigrant immigrants uh, time ago, and now it's like an interesting mixture of of, of these uh, these different cultures. Yeah. And in a way, I believe that uh, our history. I mean, you may know we we are we suffer lots of of economical issues. Uh, we are always struggling and there's lots of poverty. But one thing I, I believe we, we, we share is that um, we, are, we are like kind of ready for chaos, you know? We ready are for ready. chaos. Yeah, we are ready, we are resilient, we, are, we know how to act uh, in, in, bad, in bad situations. Uh, we are used to them. We are used to all these changing every time and trying to dress of other thing to to go on and to yeah. change our our works or our ideas or I mean uh, I believe that that's what uh, at least in 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 terms of, of scientific uh, developments and or or, or what uh, people from abroad tell us. Is that mm. we are we are used to do things to create things with <laughs> with a really low budget. So <laughs> that's kind of sometimes a, an advantage uh, when you want to to go on with projects or to to create ideas. So I mean, crea creativity is one of our best assets, I believe. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, and of course, as uh, uh, one last thing: as as all yeah. South Americans, we are warm people. We we yeah. hug each other. We we have parties. We uh, um, we like of if if you if you come come here once, uh, I I'm, I am inviting you to to Argentina in this moment. Uh, you are you will be welcome in my house. Um, at least if I we met we have met only five minutes. You know. Yeah. I can get you in my house and have a meal and, and start talking. Uh, so we, we don't need too much time to get in touch so close, yeah. you, you know. Some, I think it's that, that's our way of living here in, in, in all South America and particularly yeah. in Argentina. That's awesome. <laughs> I appreciate so the invite. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm getting the wheels turning in my head how I can get this going. Uh, yeah, yeah. Switching gears a little bit, what initially sparked your interest in biology and science in general? Uh, well, that's that's an interesting question because I, I believe I've I, I always had it inside me. So in, in a way, it was not something that sparked me, uh, but something that got, got me zooming into my, my own desires, you know? Yeah. So in a way... I believe I, I I was always keen on, on 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 going into the nature or being adventurous or or being curious of of our uh, world around. And once just I believe well maybe it's it's like a a, a tipping point in my life. Once I was there, my mother always tells me that uh, when I was a child, I they I mean I received presents for my birthday you know these huge cards or all these type of 
uh, of, of presents or toys that everyone receives. And my best entertainment was she 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 put me in front of of a tree we had in in an apartment okay. and when the wind when the wind blew all the all the leaves it was like i was there like just watching that and it was wow. and i left behind all the toys i received so in a way i think it it, it was always inside me um Fortunately, here in Cordoba, we have a, a really important and in a university, a national university, which is public and free for, for everyone who wants to reach it. Uh, and as I said, fortunately, well, we have biology. Uh, I, I could, I could uh, study biology in my city, which is really important for us. Yeah. And well, Getting into biology is getting into life science, so it's kind yeah. of everything. <laughs> um, in particular, the my scientific uh, desire, uh, I believe it's it's I don't know. It's like I had always been trying to understand things, you know, or being curious of how things work or how. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, understanding things is like the motor of, of humanity where we have reached yeah. everywhere trying to understand uh, which were or trying to find answers to our questions. And what's interesting is that we find one answer that leads to, to, another. <laughs> another. to another one. So we start uh, with two answers. We can, we, we perform our our research and we can answer one of them but yeah. it leads to four of them so it's a never end uh, a never ending trial it's like yeah. uh, and that's how we live i mean scientists and i mean i think everyone's but well scientists focus their energy in some type of understandings yeah awesome uh okay so so you're interested in biology what in particular led you to like studying the reproductive patterns of fish in Antarctica? <laughs> like that's very specific. How did you get into that? Yeah, 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 that's true. Well, um, the story of my life uh, was always close to reproduction. Um, my, my uncle owns uh, an institute where um, they perform IVF, uh, you know, in, in vitro fertilization techniques uh, to help people who have problems in procreating. And uh, I worked there. I worked there while I was in college. Uh, so it was like amazing. It was an amazing technique. Um, well, being there and helping people with to 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 have their babies, it was like very emotional. But once I, I realized I needed much more field work, I started looking for scholarships. And within, within my college, I, I, I received one, one class of a, a, a teacher who, who had reached Antarctica. And when I saw that and, and he showed some pictures of the scientific stations, I was like, what? Really, we can reach there. We Argentina has stations there. It was like I have never heard of it. So 
uh, I said, I want to go there. I, no matter what I have to do, I want to go to get Antarctica, to the rich Antarctica. Uh, I, I, so I started searching for projects all, all around to, to, to get there. And I came up with one that they were looking for a student, a PhD student, uh, for, for this, uh, to, to, to study the reproductive patterns in a specific group called Nototenioidae, that uh, it, we usually call them Nototenioids. So at first I didn't know that, that these fishes existed. So I started looking and I'd say, what? And for that, I, I needed to, to move myself to, to Buenos Aires. So, uh, wow, I, uh, if, uh, I, I want to tell you exactly what, had, what happened. The scholarship was closing, for okay. instance, tomorrow, no? At that time, it was closing tomorrow, let's say. And I had my interview through, through Skype. Uh, and I will, and they started telling me what I had to do and what and where and traveling Antarctica and all what I had to do. And I said, "Come on, yes!" I started filling all the applications, the, all the fields, yeah, yeah, quickly, and I send it. And and that's how I reach. I, I, now nowadays, I'm really into understanding reproductive patterns. But to be honest, at first my spot was reaching Antarctica, yeah. whatever the cost was. So, um, and, and, and now I'm, I'm working on this and as I can see the similarity of always reproduction in, inside of, uh, between my life and well, so that's how I would get there. Then, then I, I started uh, like, investigating performing research that uh, and, and talking to people when i when i talk to them what what i do is like as i saw your face it's like what yeah it's too specific yeah i mean and they're really strange fish species there they are we can only found them there they're endemic in the antarctic waters so and they have really interesting uh, adaptations to living in cold waters I mean, waters can reach minus two degrees Celsius, mm. uh, which is which everyone will freeze. Imagine yeah. that. Uh, but these fishes are have like tiny um, glycoproteins. They're like proteins that uh, prevent them from freezing. Anti-freeze wow. proteins are called. Uh, okay. So briefly, they like uh, they cover these ice particles and prevent them from growing. Uh, which is amazing. Um, and one of these fishes are like the, the called ice fishes. Maybe you have heard of them. Uh, recently, some researchers found a really big, big uh, spawning ground of ice fishes uh, uh, down 500 meters depth. So, these ice fishes are, are like the only vertebrates which do not have a, a hemoglobin in their blood. So blood is pretty transparent. Really? So have you ever seen a fish or have you ever seen a transparent blood? Never. 
<laughs> I'm tra- I've been looking. I've been trying to find photos of yeah. the show show guests. These are right. the Antarctica fish, yeah. right? The ice they, fish. They are ice fishes. Yeah, I work with them. I I, I study their reproductive patterns. Yeah, yeah, they are translucent. You you know you you can you can see beneath their their skin. You can get to see their internal organs. Uh, so it's quite a an amazing species. <laughs> huh. So they're translucent. Yeah, yeah, there are, there are, and uh, uh, um, I mean, uh, juvenile stages and larvae stages as well are is much more transparent. Uh, and yes, it's it's a quite interesting and full of uh, researchers are, are are trying to understand how how do they live and how do they. If you know, hemoglobin is the molecule, uh, I mean, that transport the oxygen through our body. So okay. how they could get rid of it and how they could live without this. And the most accepted theory is that nowadays they, they like, like, like breathe through, throughout the skin. Okay. You know, uh, oxygen that actually passes through the skin to the organs. And well, that's quite strange and, and interesting to study, no? Yeah, that's really interesting. <laughs> it's also it makes you think too, like it thinks like thinking about evolution, like how did these fish evolve mm-hmm. to survive with these to survive in these waters in particular, they had yeah. to change their bodies where they're so unique now. Um true, true, true. Yes, um, one of my, I mean, one of my uh, most important insights I received uh, living in Antarctica was this that you have recently said, like working and being in contact with uh, species that have evolved for so much years and who have understand in a way how to live in 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 harmony with nature you know yeah. uh, like living together with nature and understanding their flows and not trying to break these cycles as yeah. we humans do and and yes well they're they're fascinating for me these these kind of these these fishes and particularly these ice fishes well, as, as you were speaking about evolution, uh, the, the most accepted theory of why they have got rid of hemoglobin is that mm-hmm. when cold uh, water, cold water has a higher, has higher concentration of, of oxygen. So mm. apparently living in those uh, environments for so long, uh, you, you have to imagine that more or less between 25 to 35 million years ago, Antarctica, Antarctica started uh, being where it is now and all yeah. these uh, cold currents that surround Antarctica started framing these nowadays um, scenarios, nowadays uh, environments. So in a way, uh, they started living in, in, in harmony with nature and understanding how we, how how we, they needed to survive, and well, uh, that's the most accepted theory uh, uh, to date. Isn't it interesting how much imagination 
is required to, for like science and thinking about, okay, based on these patterns and objectively what we see in these rock formations yeah. and stuff, 25 to 30 million years ago, it might've looked like this. And this is possibly potentially why this is this way. You got to really yeah. <laughs> be creative. Yeah, of course. One of the one for me, one of the of humanity's biggest biggest advantages is the the level of abstraction you can reach. You know, I mean, we are speaking rich. You are understanding that I'm a human living in Argentina where you have never been. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, there's a map and there's people living there and you are you are based in Boston. I've never been to the Chicago. States, but ah, oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Boston, Boston, Boston's no. a little snooty, and they're on the East Coast. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, 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 my mistake. Sorry for that. You are in Chicago, and I've never been there, but I understand there's people living. So we humanity have a great sense of abstraction, and that makes us live in society as well. But coming back to your your app. Uh, your comment i think yes uh, we scientists uh, need to to create these theories and maybe as we speak their hypotheses we are always trying to prove them and creating new hypotheses uh, but, but yes i mean that's fascinating i mean that's uh, that's a, a a big uh we have a like we can change our minds. We have the reason to, to change our minds. And that's a kind of, um, I mean, speaking of what you first uh, said of creating a, a, like a big network of how we will, uh, how we will live our future uh, we need to have a great level of, of abstraction and to share things and to to connect each other in a way that we both understand in, in, this, yeah. in this case. Yeah, that's awesome. are you a, are you a curious pe people person? I'm sorry. I'm I'm the most curious person I know. Okay, <laughs> and what and what is curiosity for you? To me, it's like, I would say the word openness goes along very much with curiosity. It's like openness and like humility. So I guess those three words together, it's like seeing something and as a human being, understanding too, like I, I learn a lot about human history and it's like i exist now in this time and there's so many things that's happened before this and for me to right now if i'm just looking at this i have a microphone i'm talking to you through a computer through a webcam i have a light thing over here i have a bed made of materials that i bought at a store and there's a lamp here and then there's all these there's, books of ideas yeah and a pretty dinosaur thought and like i am living in uh, the product of everything that's come before me mm -hmm. and all these things that exist 
humans were curious about. So they developed them further and they continued on this path um, to where now it's like, like everything around me is a result of curiosity. So it's like understanding that the future will be different than right now. And it's like this curiosity of just this innate thing within us as human beings that we're curious and to learn or to fulfill that curiosity. There's like, I'm going in a roundabout way of saying this, but like, there's this like thirst to quench this desire to learn more about this thing that is like on my mind. And the only way to do it is to understand, have the humility that I don't know it now, yeah. but if I'm open to learning and doing, I can potentially find out. And that's exciting. Yeah. I, I totally agree with your definition of curiosity and your, your, your wording to, to put that in, in words is kind of amazing. And uh, of course, uh, I believe that uh, being uh, accepting um, ignorance is our first step to trying to understand things. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, uh, we are always fighting with our our personal egos um others one's egos trying to know who 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 is the most uh valuable researcher in my case and yeah what what's the problem there let's let's accept yeah. we we don't know everything that's where we're going we're going yeah. into the unknown to to reach answers and to continue yeah. this cycle you were speaking about yeah and and uh yeah the way i see it especially is like the 21st century presents this opportunity that you know i talk about all the human history that's come before us but never has there been a time where we can collaborate on the level that we can now i mean we're talking you know yeah. in two different time zones uh you know, you're in the Southern hemisphere. I'm in the Northern hemisphere right now. And it's like, there's so many, op there's so much opportunity to learn and grow and communicate and share ideas to create something that, that doesn't exist right now, but we can, we can create it. You know, of it's course, exciting. Of course. Yeah. We are, we, and, and, and what's interesting of these times that we are like, being aware constantly of changes, changes. We are we do, do not know where they're heading to, but yeah. we are aware that things are changing, and that's that's uh, this that's the the possibility that uh, social networks and uh, internet has provided us to feel like we are global, and yeah. one of the most important, I believe effects that the pandemic situation of COVID had was uh, this globality, I don't know if you, if it used that word, uh, of human beings. Yeah. You know, you were inside uh, down when the lockdown started here, you were in the internet and you could see a Chinese guy 
also a lockdown and yeah. one from France or from the States, you know, it was like everyone was crossed through this uh, moment in the history. Yeah. Uh, well, let's let's hope we go through a, to a better future uh, or a more uh, just and fair future. Yeah. And the only way we can do that, though, is if we individually empower ourselves to take action and create that world mm -hmm. from my perspective. And it's, it's interesting too. Uh, you mentioned the lockdown, um, especially in cities, there, there were lockdowns and it almost like we knew that we all had this capability of communicating through video and everything, but it almost required everyone to figure out how to do it. Cause that's how, during this time we're gonna participate in society and communicate so now it's almost like coming out of the pandemic um whenever it may be or like we're in like still in it i suppose and so much i don't know but now coming out of it the pandemic everybody will know how to do this and it's mm -hmm. it's almost like uh, a total game changer uh, that's true yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's it's like a a, a new way of yeah of sharing thoughts, maybe uh, which which existed previously, but now well, during the pandemic, we 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 felt it more closer. This uh, I think this is what it was. The capability was there, but not the motivation. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, that's that's why maybe you, you need to be we need to be open minded to 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 realize that the capability is there and create motivations to use them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I think uh, I'm sure listeners and viewers have been waiting for this this whole time. <laughs> but describe your experience living in Antarctica. <laughs> let's go there okay well um as as i told you i have been like i've been there four times each time i were i was spent like two like three months more or less like well three four months every time well we we i, I reached there by plane and also in big ships and one argentinian icebreakers uh, you know, in, there's some big icebergs there where, where you are sailing. Uh, from Argentina, you, you can reach by plane. We have uh, a stop in, we, we get from Buenos Aires. We use our, uh, uh, the, the Argentinian Antarctic program. The logistics are provided by the, the, the forces, national okay. forces. Uh, so I drew, I flew in this uh, planes, the Hercules. I don't know if have you uh, heard of them. This well, it looks like because like, uh, I I watched some of your video that you made, uh -huh. and it's like you're in these like military looking planes. That's the, true. the things you see in like movies where they like jump out of the back yeah, of a that's plane. Those like, ones, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> those ones, and we are like sitting there as 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 those uh, militars. And there's a lot of military crew that helps us there, which goes and provide logistics uh, for science. 
and um, yeah, we I I flew by plane. There's there's one stop in Rio Gallegos that is south in southern Argentina, and from there we fly to Antarctica. I've been three times in the Argentinian station, which is called Carlini. Carlini, okay. uh, it's at the South Shetland Islands, um, on a, on a special island which is called. King George Island, and we call it uh, Isla 25 de Mayo. Um, we, there, particularly at that island, there are several uh, stations. There are a Chilean station, a Russian station. There's a Chinese station. There. Precisely there. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, the South Shetland Islands. Um, and... And well, uh, as part of living there, well, my first time I, I, I sailed there. I went. I was ten days in a boat, in in a Russian boat that helped us and and uh, gave us a lift, yeah. <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Uh, and we reached there. Uh, of course, we crossed the Drake Passage. The Drake Passage is one of the most uh, dangerous. Uh, ways or one of the most dangerous seas in the world because it's it's a circumpolar there's a circumpolar currents where there's no there's no land that can stop it and well uh, several boat i mean several ships uh, cross them and well it's kind of it moves a lot yeah i, I felt dizzy some days uh, but well i reached i reached antarctica and that was the only thing I wanted in my mind. And when I reached there, uh, our experience was awesome. I mentioned uh, a day, one day in my, my life there, it's like we get up really early. I mean, we, we get up and if, if the weather is, is, is good, I mean, there's, there's a lot of wind, you can imagine. Mm -hmm. if, the, if there's no wind, we go out fishing. I fish. I'm a fisherman in Antarctica, so I I go. We go. We went out fishing. We go out fishing uh, for more or less three, four, five hours. We are we get dressed in some special suits, suits, you know, mm. that are. I mean, the, these suits are always orange. It seems like. Yeah. Are these the ones yes. you're talking about? <laughs> Those ones, those ones. I mean, is that so you don't is, get lost? Everybody can see. Uh -huh. you? True, true. Yes, it's a <laughs> it's a good color for for when you are you went out missing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, these these special suits are are were designed for polar environments, and so we get in we get we go out fishing. We we deploy travel nets. Travel nets are fishing. Our fishing gear is especially. Uh, travel nets that go so, uh, is this yeah. fishing to eat or is it like research no 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 especially it's every every fishing we perform there particularly is for research okay um the the area where where, where the station is so the south shetland islands uh, commercial fisheries have been banned in 1991 okay because with, with data our group provided there. Antarctica is interesting in terms of if political or geopolitical uh, issues, because the only things that rules Antarctica is the Antarctic Treaty. 
the Antarctic mm. Treaty was uh, formulated in 1959 and, and, and started uh, working on in 1960. Uh, and the most important uh, aspect of this treaty, uh, it was created when you can imagine Cold War and the Northern Hemisphere yeah. uh, passed this, uh, when, when, when Second World War finished. Uh, all countries wanted to prevent the southern uh, hemisphere from from barely from from wars and, and this type of of movements. Uh, and well, the the this Antarctic Treaty uh, says that Antarctica is a continent of peace and research, where no war mm. is allowed. Uh, and in a way, it's it's a it's an international treaty. Uh, that that promotes peace, promotes peace and, and performing research. So there are some countries that have claimed uh, rights from some territories. Uh, Argentina is one of those. Uh, Chile, uh, Great Britain, and well, there are several others. But uh, you, when you are your mandatory, have to perform research. You have to okay. research. And in a way, there are some resources. There are, of course, fish, uh, the commercial uh, resources that are allowed to, to explode are fish and krill. The krill, I know if you heard about it, it's a small uh, invertebrate, which That's is what, like- what whales eat. Yeah, whales eat and, and, so, and fishes as well. And yeah. but in Antarctica, it's really important because it's like the, the the base of the food web is a, a okay. key a key species in the Antarctic uh, trophic web. So what's interesting also is that all these regulations of where to fish and where not to fish are are regulated by a commission that is the commission for the uh, conservation of Antarctic marine living resources, where I personally and all my group uh, provide data to, to allow a, a correct management of the resources. And currently we are proposing along with Chile, Argentina is proposing along with Chile, uh, a big marine protected area on the West Antarctic Peninsula. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, there has been one Antarctic mar marine protected area, which uh, was uh, accepted uh, some years ago in the Ross Sea, uh, but nowadays we are working to protect this. So, coming back to your to your to your first observations is that uh, we are fishing in in areas fishing is not allowed, but as we are fishing uh, for a scientific purpose, we mm -hmm. we receive a, a special permit to do so. Okay. Uh, so yeah, in a way, we we live there. We go out fishing during mornings. We came back in uh, uh, at midday to our lab. We have there's uh, stations are arranged with buildings like you know the the containers containers the, the ones yeah. that ship uh, to travel that that ship uh, uses to to transport goods uh, containers that are arranged inside for different facilities. I mean, you have kitchens, you have uh, living rooms, you have uh, uh, rooms to sleep, 
you have laboratories, you also have a, like a hospital, uh, and well, there there are cookers. So we we do not cook. We we go came back from work and we have a, a, a delicious meal there waiting for us, uh, and then we go back to the to our laboratory. So I mean, we work a really lot. We are like all the day trying to work. It's really expensive for, for, for Argentina to, to take us there. So we need to, to take proof of it, yeah. uh, take advantage of it. And we, we work. And I personally, I have through all my PhD discovered that inshore areas, uh, areas that are down to 100, 120 meter depth are serving as spawning grounds for, for Antarctic fishes. And this is really important uh, when we study fish biology because one of the most uh, effective uh, management and conservation uh, uh, ways, I mean, one of the most effective ways to, to preserve a fish population is to protect the spawning grounds where they are reproducing, mm -hmm. you know, because yeah. if, if you fish, actually where they are reproducing, the impact you have on fish population is, is, is greater. Uh, so I'm really anxious, I'm really excited on, on our project, on, on, on trying to create marine protected areas to preserve the resources. Uh, there were over exploitation in the 70s. So that's why some fishing, some in fishing are, are prohibited. And yeah, well, uh, that's why I, I, I love what I, do, I am doing and also the experience of going into Antarctica. And I know sometimes we are fishing there and you are like, well, your mind is in the work, in your work and which fish is going to come out. And you turn around and you have a humpback whale showing his tail or its tail and you're like, what? Um, come on you're that's my work you know uh, it's like living every day in a continuous changing environment so pristine in a way and being open to surprises like like that and when you realize that some people pay to reach there uh, well tourists pay yeah and well that's my work and i'm all the all the day there it's yeah. like Come on, that's right. I'm on the I'm on the right, and I'm 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 on the right direction. Wow! So you're there. You're researching most of the day, weather permitting. Yes. So what do you do? What does like the rest of your day look like? And living life there. Um. Well, um, of course, sometimes weather turns really bad, so we have like three, four days in a row with bad weather, we cannot go outside. We, of course, we still have work in our lab, but there are also uh, other activities. I mean, you, 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 you would be a, a great, uh, a great guy to reach Antarctica because as you're curious, yeah. there are lots of people working there. I've been uh, people that study marine mammals. So I, I, I help them go into these, elephant seals colonies or also going to the penguin colonies 
or uh, I mean, there there's sometimes we perform some exchanges between between stations. So okay. I will I will tell you this. So we were there once. Uh, it was the Korean anniversary of the creation of the station. So they invited people from all these stations around. And I was there and, and I had like, you know, these moments you have these kind of insights in your in your life that you're, wow, I'm really here. I was in the shore, there were some barbecues, there were, I was speaking with Russians, Koreans, Chinese people, all we were all drinking some, uh, we had some beers or I, I, I can't remember which, uh, which thing we were having, but we were like, uh, they they have this uh, kimchi. They call this a, a spicy sausage. And, okay. Yeah. Uh, we were um, we were like there in the shore, an amazing day. Whales in the cove, and we were eating uh, meat. And we and they I don't know why they they cut the meat with scissors. So we had some scissors cutting meat and putting them into the grill. And I was there. No, come on, I'm here. I'm mean, sharing these these experiences with people from all around the world in the same island. It's like mind blowing. And uh, and well, of course, there's the other side of being isolated uh, when you are like really far away from your loved ones. Uh, Fortunately, the stations where where I, where I went most is I, you have internet connection connection. But I was once in one that there's no internet connection, so I was blanked for three four months. Um, and well, you you get lonely in some aspects of your life, uh, but I believe that if you turn that loneliness into a an opportunity, you can get a lot of that. I mean, uh, it's it's really interesting to, to talk with you, with yourself, and to be there with people that you have recently known. Mm -hmm. And maybe you find yourself speaking of really important things of your life with someone you have met 10 days ago. It's, low, it's like Antarctica is so intense in, in, in that kind of relationships. And, and of course, this time time for to reflect how to to think of how society lives, how we we are, uh, how yeah, how we live in, in our cities, in our in, in our daily life. You can imagine that there in, in Antarctica or the stations, there's no money, there's no currency. You you don't use your wallet for three four months, so. You need. You want uh, some cookies. You go to the the building where the cookies are stored, and you ask for them. So, or, or people. I, I do not smoke, but people uh, who smoke cigarettes are willing, and they maybe they they run out of. And you have some. I, I always take some cigarettes, uh, although I, I do not smoke. To, to exchange something so i mean <laughs> ah you you ran out of cigarettes yeah here i have one give me those chocolates you you brought something like that yeah so it's like going back into no it's like a su surrealistic situation you know yeah it's like, well for me that's amazing and all this personal evolution i, I reach going there is kind of uh, one of the most important uh, discoveries because 
some people tell me, well, you you have performed your PhD. I, I, I finished my PhD on the, in the pandemic. Uh, actually, it helped me a lot to get to sit and write in, in the computer. Uh, but I, I, when I realized, well, yeah, I, I reach a lot of insights into this Antarctic fish reproductive biology, but also it was, a, a, I, I always say like a PhD in life. I mean, this, this scientific purpose put me into several situations and experiences mm-hmm. that maybe I, 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 I didn't express them on the scientific publications I, I published, but I have it inside me. I, yeah. I, I, I gain a lot of, of experience, a lot of knowledge from speaking of, with people, from speaking with me. And, well, that's, that's where... What I mean, that's why we are where nature works, where, where nature is the most important information that I can receive when I kind of isolate it from, from current societies. And that's kind of, well, I know if you have seen this Into the Wild, the, this movie uh, where the guy that gets, gets uh, into the wild in Alaska in Fairbanks, where this the magic out the magic bus is I don't know if you've seen this. I've uh, I know there's a book on it and a movie, um, mm. and I'm I'm generally aware of the story. Yeah, without okay. having well, learned about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I read this this book there in Antarctica, so it was like <laughs> whoa, everything. That's surreal. That's that's pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, you had mentioned uh, you sent me a summary in uh, or you like a short bio uh, through email. You mentioned Herman Herman Hess. Is that, that yeah, the author? Of course. Yeah. What? So, author. yeah. Tell me how his writing has influenced you. Well, um, you can imagine, and 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 what was and when I was speaking about this isolation or like this time to speak with 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 one with with myself is one of these uh, basis of of kind of meditation in a way um, well Herman Hess books are always uh, around these ideas of speaking with one or, or, or like having time to be in the present mm-hmm. so I don't know if you have read um, uh, Damien from Hess I, I, one of my favorites is yeah. Damien and Siddhartha. Well, so in have, one of these... One yes. second. Ah, you have it there. <laughs> All right, you so have I, have, I have two Herman Hess books. Um, yeah. I read Siddhartha last summer. Amazing. Fantastic book. Uh, yeah. I have Journey, Journey to the East, but I have not read uh-huh. it. Uh, no, me, me either. Uh, I, I have read this Siddhartha, another one that's called Damien. Yeah. Okay. Um, and well, in a way, um, I, I, I just take, took a, a brief sentence of this uh, Damien, that which I recommend you to, to get into it. And it says, the bird fights its way out of the egg. The egg is the world. Who would be born must first destroy a world. The bird flies to God. The God names is Abraxas. It doesn't matter the God names and this last part. But in a way, 
this this uh, this sentence uh, shows what what we are doing in our life. We're trying always to 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 to, to grow, to, to break these eggs that are surrounding us, and to and in this breaking the egg, we we discover ourselves. We we are much more aware of who we are, and and this this bit, you know, this this common phrase that leaving your comfort zone uh, gives you uh, uh, much more insights that if you are always performing the same life or you are always doing what uh, you were teach to do. I mean, we need to, 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 to try and to understand who we are. Uh, and one of a way is putting ourselves in uncomfortable situations where we, we, we need to, to realize how, how we react in them. Um, and well, yes, I mean, Herman Hess was a, a really, was a friend of mine in, in, this, in these journeys. Um, also, as you have those, that masterpiece, I would say, Siddhartha, um, when he's speaking to the river, you know, where, yeah. where, where he, he realizes that the water flow is kind of a projection or an analogy of life in which uh, the same piece of the, the same water that is in the beginning is in the, in the end and in the middle. And he tries understanding that the only thing that matters is the present. And uh, well, that's, I, I have those type of conversations with me while watching the icebergs cracking and the, the glaciers. Uh, and, and and the water inside it's too Antarctica it's too deep in in terms of where you can reach with your mind in, in so stable so cold and that's why I believe Siddhartha mm -hmm. and all these Herman Hess uh, books have uh, helped me to understand um, in a way I believe all this future we were talking about we want to create by connecting starts now, starts in yeah. what we are doing right now, in where we are focusing our energy and, and trying to live in the present also release us from anxiety or these projects that only exist in our minds, the future yeah. projects. We have to work for them. We have to, 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 to work to, to reach them, to, to frame them, to... to to make them uh, happen. Yeah, it's beautifully said. Uh -huh. uh, well, we're we're kind of getting close to time here. Uh, I have a number of questions, but um, actually, no, I'm gonna ask like two more questions. <laughs> uh, no problem. Who are three musical artists in your heavy rotation right now? And uh, Well, answer that one first, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, I'm I'm always I'm always running through the same my top artists, which, uh, but nowadays I'm, I'm I'm listening a lot uh, uh, Radiohead, which is like also too Antarctic music, too deep and so like depressing in a good way i mean <laughs> uh, 
I mean, sometimes depression, I mean, no, not, not depression itself, but being sad or being lonely has a bad connotation. And mm. usually it's good to turn this to, to which understanding we can re- get from this type of but well, coming back to, to your your question, I'm also, uh, of course, I, I love Pink Floyd and as I told you, the Beatles, mm-hmm. but uh, for um, currently I'm listening a lot to Daft Punk. I don't know if you, you know that band, yeah. Daft Punk. Yeah, of course, it's worldwide known. Um, and so you told me two, three, well, the uh, Radiohead, Daft Punk, I listen a lot of Argentinian music as well, uh, which, well, is, is in Spanish, so it's not so worldwide uh, distributed. What, what but, are like a couple artists, Argentinian artists that you listen to? Um, well, they're, they're, here in Cordoba, we have something too special. It's called Cuarteto. It's like a, a, a Colombian cumbia, like salsa, something like that. Um, um, and of course, the, the original gaucho music from Argentina is is played by a guitar and a, 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 a guitar and like drums, drums by made with 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 uh, leather from cow leather. So okay. it's like boom, 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 and, and there's some music uh, sharing it. Um, but well, no, yes, I mean Beatles, Pink Floyd. Uh, yeah. Huge bands against well, uh, Rolling Stones. I mean, I, I consume a lot of music. Uh, I'm not a f- fan of rock and roll, or I, I mean, I have several uh, uh, music bands that I get uh, usually into. What do you love most about the Beatles? Ah, well, that's and I heard that you're really, really, really fan of Beatles. So yeah, uh, for sure. I, I, <laughs> I love uh, one of the things I I think it's common in all their the, in all their their music is that it, they express like joy. In mm-hmm. I mean, uh, they made me happy. Even uh, I mean, I don't know a, a satellite. Let it be. You can say how you can get happy with that music. Well, but yeah. it's like the way they they express the ideas, the situation around the sixties. Is is like, and and one of the things I value most of them is like they made they became worldwide famous in in a in an era that that there was no these connections, so they were really good. If not, there they would have would have wouldn't have happened. I mean, nowadays I can feel myself playing a guitar, and maybe I have a hundred or two thousand followers. Yeah, and they can spread it all around. But these guys were like their music, they they their their way of living it, and and they create this magnificent uh, band. It's crazy. Uh, this book I have over here. Uh, I think this is my favorite Beatles book. It's called Revolution in the Head. And okay. it's it's really about the correlation between the Beatles and their career, the arc of their career, and the 1960s decade, uh, in particular yeah. in America, and just how they mirror each other. And there's like such a huge correlation. 
Crow, of course. Yeah, music is the expression of cultures. I mean, uh, is how 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 most cultures and sometimes the most beaten uh, cultures uh, got to express themselves. Yeah. You can see blues uh, here as well. All the the Afro-American music uh, we have around it was it came from slaves, and so music is a is a way of of communicating and a way of trans transcendence transcendence. Yeah. you can say. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, so the last question I have for you is what are you curious about recently? Um, well, I have recently finished my scientific diving course. So I am I, I'm a bit anxious, anxious and excited to go down into Antarctic waters oh, and to dive there uh, because I want to see my the fishes I, I study in their in their natural environment. Yeah. I always take them with the nets and I, I get to I have seen pictures of course of other people who have took these these pictures. But in a way I, I want to be there. I want to feel yeah. how it's being a fish down there and freezing myself and uh, understanding from that. Uh, but yes, I believe the, this is one of the most exciting things I, I, I have in, in this coming year and I will try to do it my best and well uh, dive there I mean we use dry suits don't get don't <laughs> <laughs> I can see your face uh, yeah I'm, I guy. got questions so I'm about to ask uh, have you have These you guys, jumped in Antarctic waters yes I did okay. it was but you were in of, a suit obviously or no 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 yeah. no, no. <laughs> Uh, it was like kind of part of a uh, baptism in a way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we went into there. It's like really freezing. You know, you can stand uh, almost 10 seconds, 12 seconds, and you start feeling itchy, your, your skin, and, and it like needles being between your skin. Wow. And then you have to go out running and get a hot shower there. Wow. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> once you jump in almost instantly, your body is just in shock. Yeah, of course. Yes, wow. yes. Well, that's well. That's why we are not used to that environment. And that was I forgot to tell you one of the things that Antarctica also told me, touched me. It's the uh, and also told me, yeah, because we speak each other. It's like this: you, we humans are not meant to be there in in, mm -hmm. in our evolution, and we have our abstraction and our ideas to create these stations to reach there and to live there and to have permanent people there living through all the year. So in a way, um, is humanity expressing, you know, uh, several several NASA crew have tested their, their crew there because it's like the most similar place to outside mm. the world of being an extraterrestrial environments and well we are reaching i mean people <laughs> nasa is planning to get to mars <laughs> yeah we are well 
uh, it's kind of I would really like to go there. <laughs> so if you can have a, a, me a ticket to the moon, um, <laughs> I will appreciate. I, I'm I'm working on it. <laughs> okay, thank you. All right. Well, thanks again, Manuel, for coming on. This has been such a pleasure, and thanks for sharing uh, your your life and story and perspective with us. Oh, thank you very much, Rich. I think we we have conversated and we have chatted a lot with with I, I felt really comfortable sharing there are things we uh, we can still continue talking about I, I knew you are a big Milwaukee uh, fan I know yeah okay okay so I also fan of the of basketball and NBA I grew up with Michael Jordan being Michael Jordan and all these I got uh, ideas let's see the books I got over here Okay, so these four right here. This is my this is my art book actually. Uh, but then right wow. below it, we got we got the Giannis biography. My guy, <laughs> your guy, uh, yeah, come on. We got your great the, guy, the Tao Chain. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then we got uh, an MJ oh, biography. MJ, yeah, great, great. Next I'm time a... you come on, we'll talk basketball. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Yeah. yeah, Argentina had some some players, the Manu Ginobili, now the Facu Campaso. I played with him, which which is interesting. That really, yeah. When I was a child, we we played against. He's my same age. I'm thirty, turning okay. into thirty one next July. So, well, I'm always being a fan of basketball. That's awesome. <laughs> well, thanks again. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. We we keep in contact. Thanks for listening to Rich Conversations. Again, you can follow Manuel on Instagram at NovishoManu. Take some time to think about how isolation and solitude can actually be a positive thing in your life. Think about ways that you can implement it into your own routine or experience. And enjoy the rest of your day.